Welcome to this episode of the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively talks about India's space activities. There are thousands of talented engineers and scientists who are groomed in ISRO every year. And my guest today is one of those engineers who went on to pick up an entrepreneurial dream, a dream to build a team that can independently build and operate a privately owned launch vehicle out of India. Pavan Kumar is the CEO of a Hyderabad-based rocket startup Skyroot Aerospace. He and Bharat, who was his former colleague at the Vikram Sarabhai Space Center, started Skyroot Aerospace to independently pursue building a small satellite launch vehicle as a private company out of India. Pavan, thank you very much for spending time with me on a Saturday at your office and welcome to this episode of the New Space India podcast. Thanks a lot, Narayan Prasad. Pleasure to be here. Not many people 10 years ago would have imagined that we will actually see a private launch vehicle startup in India. And, uh, you know, you have taken this brave step of uh, going ahead and developing your own uh, launch vehicle. Tell us a little bit about your history and how you got into launch vehicles uh, and you know how you gained the experience through yeah. your ISRO days. Okay, so first thing is that I graduated from IIT Kharagpur in mechanical engineering with uh, my master's in uh, thermal science and engineering. So where I worked a lot in the cryogenic engineering center at uh, IIT Kharagpur. So that was like first introduction to and one of my projects was in space, cryo uh, cooler in space, right, for spacecraft. So that is my first introduction to space and like I've always been excited with rockets especially and I wanted to get into this uh, industry and luckily ISRO came to a campus placements and then I was like I just wanted to get into ISRO then luckily I got placed in ISRO directly from out of campus and then joined uh, ISRO then like uh, before that I have absolutely no idea about uh, I just was fascinated with the rocket but I have no idea what is the technology inside but after joining uh, ISRO uh, that was like the first great introduction to rockets and initially like I was in the division where like which handles most of the hardware you know, so I used to see big, big hardware in our bay getting integrated and moving, transported. And then I was on the launch pad with the launch operations. Looking at the big rockets there, I was very, very fascinated and got in depth to the, you know, even the design aspects of it and a lot of uh, testing aspects of it. So the broad view in six years I had at ISRO, also out of my own interest and curiosity. I also used to study architectures of, you know, foreign launch vehicles, you know, as part of it. And uh, so it was a great time. And uh, during that time, I was, uh, my interest kept going exponentially in rockets. So when you talk about your experience inside of ISRO, outside of ISRO in academic world in India, you actually have not many people working on launch vehicles or so when you say you got an introduction to rockets in ISRO, it literally means that everything that you know about rockets came from working at ISRO. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yes, yes. So, what if you see in university side, I think it's a little bit more preliminary uh, at this point of time because like one thing is that uh, there's not so great partnership uh, into the core engineering between academia and ISRO to be frank. So, that way what happens is that uh, academics is a little bit void of the real engineering aspect of uh, rockets, especially in launch vehicles in India. So, that way like I feel like uh, if you want to actually have a really good exposure, it's only within uh, ISRO. Outside is a little bit preliminary we can do small testing etc but when it comes to the core engineering part it's still within ISRO only. You know you are then in ISRO for six years now and was there serving. Uh, Why did you think that you would become an entrepreneur? Yeah so when firstly my mind was like uh, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur for a very long time from the college days itself you know so but like I was like very very uh, hardcore I consider myself a very hardcore engineer and I wanted to be an engineer and also like I also wanted to be an entrepreneur. 
right so first i thought like let's uh, let me join isro and uh, i wanted to become a core engineer and let's see what happens but the entrepreneurial mind which i had from the beginning in the college days itself that kept uh, that kept on being there during this time also because naturally my mind was like looking for opportunities in space uh, space sector and also looking at the really good things which are happening internationally and also like uh, the debate internal to isro also to see to privatize lot of, uh, lot of space industry and all right so i thought like this is the right time to step out and uh, start a company and i am also strong believer that you know space is the next big thing and also like uh, i also fascinated with the future in space like i uh, personally i believe that humanity is going to expand to space in this generation my generation the next like 50 years so that uh, all together inspired me to come out of isro and start uh, company so when you were in isro you must have interacted with a lot of isro vendors yeah. who actually supplied during to the launch vehicle program yeah what do you think or you know how did you position yourself in your mind yeah as against to these uh, traditional vendors yeah so as it uh, told like isro uh, culture is very much uh, uh, isro vendors uh, their culture is really really good because of their interaction with isro for long periods of time for the last few decades so that way what i have seen is that even now like we interact with a lot of vendors so what we see is that the vendors who have been like supplying for like quite some time to isro they're very well cultured they have a really good knack for quality of aerospace systems and uh, they're really really good at what they do and all that uh, i i should say like thanks to isro because of uh, building up such a culture within them and uh, it's really really good uh, to go and meet them is like almost like isro's facilities more like uh, isro's in- internal facilities and if you go to vendors facilities or some of these really good vendors is almost same so that kind of a culture has been brought in and that's really good to interact with them because like it's almost similar to uh, the way people think in isro is what uh, comes there and that comes because of the interaction with isro and when you talk to these vendors or why did you think they did not have the risk taking mindset yeah. because uh, for about 30 or 40 years yeah. a lot of the isro vendors have been working with the launch vehicle program yes yes and uh, how come you know even like big brand names like godrej yeah. who supply engines and so yeah. they have not really gone to the next level of just you know moving away from just the subsystem to then an entire launch vehicle yeah so firstly thing is that i firstly i think they did not get that opportunity of uh, being uh, a system level player and mostly like isro wanted to have them as subcontractors uh, you know individually manufacturing parts or like assemblies but uh, engineering aspect to it testing and other aspects of it they are involved at all so isro did not involve them at all so that is one of the reason why they have not ventured into another thing is that design engineering and manufacturing are a totally different subjects you know the person who might be absolutely good in manufacturing stuff uh, designing and engineering of the same system is different ball game altogether so it's like totally different stuff so it's uh, together bringing only unless isro encourages them to do it it's very difficult for them to take it up also you know so that is uh, i think that's the main reason why like uh, these vendors could not uh, actually uh, get into those aspects of it because isro did not encourage them uh, many many aspects of it, but now it's coming up now it's coming up maybe like now they're going to get into the subsystem level supplying of subsystem levels would come up uh, soon is what i feel yeah so when you started your company skyroot yeah. uh, what were like the strength weaknesses opportunities and threats that you saw in the whole scene yeah so when we started out uh, first thing is like we were very clear on what to be done in the next one year you know when we started so that way like uh, we are spot on to the work from day one you know so one challenge was like finding the right people 
with luckily we uh, now we feel that we have got the right set of people and uh, and another big challenge was like uh, you know expand interacting with the vendors you know creating the proper supply chain and uh, to convince many of the vendors to convince them that actually uh, it is possible in long term to actually build an entire launch vehicle all together so that they are also very cooperative so these have been the main challenges and also now like what we feel is like one of the main challenges which we feel is uh, uh, fundraise is one major challenge which we face because like uh, the investment come uh, you know community in india is little bit nascent for space you know just now they are getting introduced to space and all. so that is uh, the main challenges i felt in last one year Okay, but what about let's say uh, more than just challenges? Yeah. What were the opportunities that you saw? You know, because essentially you were in like the public sector, yeah. and the landscape of the private sector, and also the exposure to the international community is quite limited. If you are, uh, you know, still a very young engineer in ISRO, yeah. Uh, but did you have any, you know, connect with the international community? How were you following all of these developments? Yeah. So first thing is that mostly through news only. All the international development happens through what we observe only through news. And when it comes to especially to through rocketry, uh, so everything, as I mentioned, like everything can be made in India. Everything can be designed, outsourced. You know, everything can be built built within India itself. So uh, per se for rocketry, uh, like interaction with international. players and with that may not be required so that is one thing and another thing is that uh, opportunities in sense like we are very clear on the business model what we do is actually we, we build rockets and do international satellite launch services so our product is very clear so we are more focused on the tech and building the product right in the right stages getting things tested and get them working in the right time frame that's the main focus which we are at and we will also will be in that in the next few years also when you had a plan to exit isro yeah uh, how long did you plan for it as you know Do you have a plan in mind that maybe you will quit at certain point of time, and you have this kind of roadmap, or? Yeah, so it happened very quickly. In fact, like I was planning to stay so for very long time initially. Yeah. You know, so then like uh, somehow I felt that if we don't start now, this it's lost opportunity forever. Uh, so that kept kept bothering me for quite some time, for a few months. And then like uh, when I actually looked at the market scenario deeply, and also looked at in the opportunities which I would get in the next ten to twenty years, and also when I uh, looked into the need of public-private partnership in India space program in the next twenty years. I felt is the right time. We should start it, and uh, and took a call. It took like maybe a couple of weeks to actually digest the fact that uh, I want to quit, and also like uh, forever. I mean, like I cannot go back to Israel again. So then, then only it like I took a call that I want after assessing, after weighing all the benefits and everything. Then only I came out. And of course, you know you cannot build a launch vehicle alone, yeah. and you have to have a team together. Yeah. Uh, how did you find your co-founder, and how did you build up your team? Yeah. So, firstly, like my co-founder Bharat is like he's been one of my best friends, and like he we joined in Israel together, and in fact he was my uh, flatmate for quite some time during his entire time at Israel. He was like one uh, my flatmate, so I know him very well, and we have very good uh, sync, and like uh, he's also very good at what he does, and uh, he's from the electronics. background and we gel together very well and uh, so he has like good exposure to launch vehicle electronics also so me being a mechanical engineer he being an electronics engineer we felt it's a right combination to start with and we also having really good relationship with each other we thought naturally we thought like we have to pair up for this and when i pitched it to him like uh, he was like very happy to explore the opportunity and when he uh, explored the opportunity he felt like this is the right time to start and then we clubbed together and started this yeah and what about uh, you know finding talent outside of isro realm yeah. because yeah so one thing is 
but finding talent was slightly easier because like I had like really good contacts uh, outside uh, through ISRO contacts and outside contacts also like were really good. So there were like people who actually recommended few other people like for example when it comes to aerodynamics or something the people who are ISRO friends have worked with before uh, these people have come from outside industries uh, in India. So through that so I've interviewed them and like some of the best cream from them we have recruited and in fact we have hardly we got like 15 people on day one. So at, we really consider ourselves very good at recruitment, you know, identifying the right talent, the right time, sharing the vision, bringing them on board is like one really good skill set with the Skyroot founding team. And we, uh, as of now, it's really going very well. Uh, let's talk about actually the market mechanics within uh, India and abroad. Yeah. Uh, so there are, uh, I think, about 170 or 180 launch vehicle startups as of today around the world. Yeah. Um, so there may be hardly like less than a dozen of them really operational or maybe two or three of them really operational yeah. in that sense. Yeah. So how do you see this market playing out given that there are so many people doing so many different things? Yeah. And what gives you the advantage of being in India and doing this? Yeah. So firstly, like uh, there's only one operation player in this small satellite, that is Rocket Lab. And there's a couple more operational players coming up from China, both of them from China. And that happened last six months only. And uh, so when it comes to like the large number of these all are announcements, actually. So according to my understanding of the market and my understanding of the technology, uh, I think in the next five years, maybe 10 players would actually make it to launch. Among these small satellite micro launchers, maybe 10, maximum 15 is what I feel in the next five years would be actually going to launch. So, uh, so my, uh, our focus mostly is on who is going to be in the top 10, 15. You know, and uh, that's what like there are really good companies like Vector and uh, Firefly Aerospace and Relativity Space from US and PLD Space in Europe and Orbex from Europe, you know, uh, from UK and uh, one company in Australia. And these are the only companies which we look into as like the real ones who are actually going to get to launch in the next uh, five years, right? So I really believe this 170, is just one of the pseudo numbers because more of announcements than actually, you know, if you see most of them are not even seed funded and also funding really plays a major role in this and if you see a company in US or in Europe they need minimum 80 million dollars to go to the first launch you know so 80 million dollars in 170 just count it's impossible to for anybody to you know get this much funding in a limited market right so it's like natural to see that only for 10 to 15 players only would actually make it in the next 15 years in the next five years and uh, so we are only looking at these people as a competition because that is actually the real competition someone who actually tested their hardware and ready to launch in the next one 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 two years is the actual main competition which come in the picture and uh, among us like uh, what we feel is that we are in the right uh, category to actually get to launch in the next two years and also like uh, always the first companies in a country are always advantageous than like the fifth or sixth company from a different country so that is one advantage which we have being like one of the first companies in India to do it uh, so there is very high chance of success for the first couple of companies in any country and rather than after that it really gets difficult and also like uh, the technology which we are choosing and also like uh, the vendors which we are choosing or the direction which we have chosen uh, we, we saw that like uh, we wanted to get to launch as quickly as possible and start operation because that is that is the key most point in uh, getting to market early in this uh, high competition zone 
you know so that we are doing uh, pretty fairly well as of now to actually get in the right direction uh, so that way and also like i feel like uh, the competition as also like if the launch uh, opportunities increase even the satellite players also increase it's a slightly related uh, thing altogether and as i told like there's definitely not room for more than 10 to 15 players and in my opinion uh, even more than 10 to 15 players may not make it to the first launch so we want to be in the first uh, few players to make it to the first launch and uh, i think looking at how it goes we are fairly confident that we'll be in that zone so one of the interesting aspects of the whole space trade with respect to the launch vehicle business yeah is that um, there is a lot of uh, red tape artificial red tape yes, created yes. Uh, because of government policies around the world yes so when you look at uh, us for example yeah isro is given actually a waiver by the us uh, state and the commerce department uh, to f- fly satellites from us mm. because isro is not a signatory for the commercial launch services uh, agreement yeah so there is some of these artificial barriers that are in place yeah. uh, for you to be allowed to fly some of these uh, satellites for other players yeah do you think um, your business will be affected because of this yeah so these are like very preliminary to say at as of now because we really don't know until we start uh, launching and all but still these uh, issues will be will be there may or may or not come and bigger threat which we face uh, would be like uh, red tape within india rather than red tape outside india so within india red tape should be uh, like actually should be solved first that is the first point actually get to start launching now then the other problems come you know international trade problems like what you are saying like us allowing to launch or not because will the us also will have like a good number of players at that point of time you know so but i believe like that also if pslv is able to launch uh, launch is only because like us industry is not able to meet the entire demand because if you see 50% of the satellite demand is from us it's very difficult for even the first four players to actually meet the demand even if uh, you know the first top floor micro launches come into uh, come into operation still Uh, they might be doing like four to six launches for the next three four years because even if you see rocket lab started in uh, started launching in 2017 now to the 19 still they're doing six launches a year you know so it's very difficult to ramp up production so even if I mean multiple people come in together they may not actually meet the entire demand uh, for the next three four years so i feel that this uh, us allowing other companies to launch may not be so effective for next few years but bigger problem as i told is red tape within india is is which needs to be solved to actually go and become operational so for uh, you to be actually operational yeah. you of course need to then test out uh, your stages and the technology and on yeah. the ground and then uh, be allowed to use a launch pad and to fly yeah um how do you think all of this will come into play uh, in the next few years yeah. because uh, i don't think there are set rules for anybody in the private sector to actually do some of this level stuff yeah yeah so that is uh, one wrong assumption basically there are like uh, all these uh, rocket propellants come under explosives and explosives is a very clear law in india and uh, so for any testing or uh, there are like clear rules and all and we have identified sources to getting things done so that way testing is not an issue but when it comes to launch pad that's all currently all launch pads are owned by isro and all the launch ports are owned by isro or uh, you know other government agencies so that is how it is going to play is only like time will tell because like we are in contact with both of them uh, to ask for uh, launch pads or you know either space in their launch ports etc so how that will turn up is also dependent on policies how whether the policy how fast they are going to allow and how open they are going to be and how open these government agency would be so there is a different dynamics which goes to play in getting the launch pad but when it comes to testing it's all clear
how does it work internationally for uh, players in the private sector yeah. who actually use government launch pads is this based on uh, leasing per launch or you know they just take over the launch pad or how how does it actually work yeah so i think it's uh, leasing the launch pads uh, you know they lease it for a period of time with uh, this thing and uh, that way like and also like their rules are a little bit open you know their rules say that you can lease it to private companies kind of a thing so it's all worked out all the rules are worked out there but when it comes to india is like not at this preliminary is just coming up we really don't know and we being the first players right we will face the actual all the paperwork kind of a thing in the initial uh, phases we'll see how it comes out in india but in us it's like more of leasing the launch pad from government it's been like quite open for quite some time so an ideal scenario because it isro itself has a very little uh, launch pads yeah. you know two or three now operational launch pads yeah. um do you think that it probably makes sense that uh, let's say you are willing to put up your own launch pad yeah uh, that you just be given space inside shrihari kota because they already have a set launching uh, a station at least as in uh, facilities yeah. where you can track and use that facilities permission control and so on but only thing is maybe you have a dedicated private sector operated launch pad which yeah. is independent of the isro launch pads yes yes so in fact that's what we are looking at uh, we don't want to use the original isros it's not good to use original isros launch pads because it's very very difficult to because uh, they are already using it and uh, it's built for their purposes it's not uh, at all good to disturb these uh, launch pads uh, and also like we being like one of the first players you know accident could cause damage of it which will also uh, prolong you know it also delay other governmental activities which is not the right way to do but being small launchers actually the launch pad infrastructure required is very less very small so we could build it ourselves so what would be required is uh, land from the government you know so that whether they'll allow it or not is the op- open debate right now which we are in way in contact with them and it's also all all related to policy so once like the policy opens up for private sector to launch and everybody is clear then i think it should be a, uh, op- it should be open to them to actually give valise a particular land and then like uh, also use the radar facilities uh, the, the tracking facilities which they have which are already present there at, at isro that should be the ideal way to do others because building an alternate launch pad some other location and building taking land you know large amount of land and then building the tracking systems that all not at all feasible for a private company you know so investment in that time is not at all feasible so we are expecting like one of the two government pads in india would actually allow us to launch from there what about all the like the ancillary activities that go along with the launch because yeah. essentially in the, with the launch you have to then you know file a notam and get a coast guard uh, to clear all their uh, you know the 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 path especially yes, launching out of india yeah. uh, and you also have let's say the insurance for example for in case the pad is actually damaged or so on yes. so these are things that are taken care of within the government system within you know by yeah. isro and all the bodies yeah. how do you imagine doing yeah. so basically uh, uh, around the world right if you want to launch you need a launch license right so who gives the launch license is a question right for in us faa gives the launch license in india who gives the launch license not yet known right so once someone gives a launch license all this will be covered in that has to be covered in that because like uh, uh, the coast guard you know even that uh, air space has to be cleared you know where the stages are falling has to be known right this is a very standard process and uh, that will be taken care by the licensing authority who actually gives the license for launch you know? so once that is clear it will uh, it will be part of the licensing procedure Yeah. So when you uh, talk to the investors yeah. um, your investors were they asking these questions to you because these are uncertainties for any investor yeah, yeah. 
so basically uh, it is uncertainty for anybody even for us not only investors even for us also it's uncertainty because like it is first time someone someone is doing in india and attempting it and all that so, so that way like uh, and we know that it's a known risk you know mm. so and uh, also like it's more of a chicken and egg problem problem where like until we actually build it and prove it nobody is going to take it seriously to actually provide facilities and providing licensing arrangements for it and without doing anything nobody again will create those procedures right so it's like a chicken and egg problem both are related so parallel it goes uh, and also if you see in all the countries other than us it is happening the same way even in new zealand uh, in fact the first launch in new zealand happened before the space launch can there by taking local permissions by having a good understanding with the government etc etc same thing even china also doesn't have a space law they are allowed to launch right so it's all like uh, parallel activity where like these licensing arrangements and this development happens together right so that is one thing which uh, everybody needs to understand so we are uh, we understand it and also like we help our investors also to understand it that's a parallel process it's not like somebody gives you a license then you raise money so it's not going to be uh, feasible that way it's, it's a parallel process and it should be seen in that way yeah how do you see the landscape in china evolve against india yeah so chinese are like well way ahead in fact uh, uh, the first chinese companies all these companies have started in uh, 2015 so that is like almost 3 3 and a half years ahead of uh, the indian companies if you see and uh, and they have uh, one good thing is that Uh, that time there were like little bit less players internationally also so and also like good amount of investment interest within china and uh, that way like they were able to raise uh, very early on very large amount of funds you know so that way there is a very ad- very advantageous position most of them have already tested and two companies have already flown uh, did the first launches so that's a really good thing uh, that they have st- started at the right time and also like raised capital at the right time and that way they are a little bit ahead of uh, india what i would say but when it comes to like the technology progress and you know the capabilities or speed etc etc i don't think india is anything lower than uh, china because like they like, we have a similar rocket ecosystem for the last 50 years you know so that way like uh, with technology power and capability power is almost similar i would say when it comes to private sector but uh, when it comes to like uh, the fundraise interest in the time they are a little bit ahead yeah one of the interesting aspects of uh, you know the chinese uh, launch vehicles companies that are coming up as well as the indian ones like including yeah. yourself yes. is actually if uh, the demand the local demand for the satellites yeah. will actually be allowed to be absorbed by the private sector because you know i'm sure that you know like last year china did the most number of uh, launches yes correct and they beat the us with 39 launches yeah um and one of the aspects of this is um, maybe if chinese want to do low earth orbiting satellite networks yeah they can also use the private sector vendors to come up yes uh, and even in the case of india isro does not have any leo satellites uh, constellation for Correct. communications or anything planned yeah. but you know maybe ahead in the future they may plan for it yeah. so do you see a future where uh, you know you are actually launching satellites for isro or yeah so that is launching satellites for isro is a little bit far to think right now at this point of time so our customer base what we see is like only international you know nothing within india so it's very nascent the satellite industry within india is slightly nascent compared to other countries uh, and also like when it comes to china uh, you might be knowing like Ch- chinese companies cannot launch any payload with us uh, payloads so that like uh, makes them off the 50% of the market 
right and the one advantage they have they have good amount of local market which is actually distributed with even with government and private and there is like good amount of aggressively built uh, rockets made by government like you know there is a company called xspace which itself has raised like um, many hundreds of millions of dollars itself you know it's like anthrix equivalent of uh, china you can say itself has raised private money you know it's a totally different ecosystem there so there i think they they have good amount of local market which is distributed to both government and private industries and uh, and also lobbying large number of players it's also diluted it gets diluted with each player etc etc and also like uh, having not being able to launch us payloads also reduces their amount of market but in india like because as of now like there's no restriction of launching uh, us payloads it opens up to 50% of international uh, international market there itself but there is no local government so it basically comp- compensates for uh, the total market availability but for both india and uh, china is what i feel because there they have local market but they are not much access of the international market here we have like no local market but there is good access to international market let's say you are successful in having a technology demonstration of a rocket and yeah. you are able to get to the orbit Uh, what would be your uh, core uh, value propositions which are unique yeah. uh, which which you can sell to the market because today let's say the an electron is already two or three years into the market already yeah. and they have an established uh, you know uh, supply chain of payloads that they're going to put up into orbit yeah so uh, one thing is that like uh, biggest proposition would be like a good amount of cost benefit which we would give and uh, second thing is that we'll we're also planning to have some very niche services so which i cannot share but uh, some niche services which would serve niche customers some special customers which uh, these are the two things mainly cost benefit and also some niche applications which we want to serve which other people may not be able to serve so these are the two advantages which we uh, value propositions which we put and also like we have a, like uh, from the beginning in, in uh, from the beginning we're developing launch vehicle set which is upgradable that means like if you see we call it vikram series rather than one single launch vehicle it's a series of launch vehicles they're mostly the same 80% launch vehicle is same but the 20% keeps changing you know so when the 20% keeps changing and we chose that the 20% will be in such a way that significant effect in the payload is there and significant uh, reduction cost is there at each stage right so as we evolve as we go ahead what will happen the prices will keep coming down significantly not like a small not because of mass production prices coming down it's because of the upgradation of the launch vehicle where the prices are coming down right so we feel that like as we go further our launch vehicles will become more and more competitive you know and one thing and also like uh, from the beginning itself the cost will be low. we can operate at a much lower cost than any other foreign vehicles that is one advantage and also like we are actually designing a launch vehicle to serve few niche applications which probably will announce down the line as we go further uh, but uh, that way we want to have something differentiated both the cost and also like uh, uh, and also like cost will be like prolonged that means like even for the next few years cost will keep going down and also like we'll have some capabilities of serving niche customers yeah So one thing that I uh, forgot to ask you in this uh, process is uh, yeah so what is actually skyroot looking to build yeah and what are the brief uh, broad overview of the technology specs okay so what we are looking to build is like we are uh, looking to build uh, small launchers that means like uh, launch vehicles capable to put around like 300 kg to low earth orbit so uh, and uh, that like uh, mostly we'll be looking at uh, constellations of satellites uh, customers who are building constellations for the satellites who want like different different inclinations uh, and 
technology wise like uh, we'll be building designing testing and launching by ourselves entire operating we'll be doing it ourselves and then like we'll be serving the international customers down the line and also like if domestic customers need it at that point of time Yeah. And you have uh, a plan to upgrade some of these launch vehicles to bigger class? Yes, yes, and uh, not bigger class. The same launch vehicle will be actually upgraded to different payload capabilities, so we can serve something like you know two hundred to seven hundred kgs, very wide band of uh, payloads which we can serve, and also cost also will be reduced depending on the bigger the launch vehicle, naturally the cost per kg is going down. So that way, it it actually covers a wide band of customers within the small satellite launch center. that's that's what we do and uh, with respect to the whole uh, again back to the india in investment scene in india yeah uh, so uh, you you have a bunch of investors now and uh, they are mostly seed stage investors and you have some milestone where you're looking to raise a uh, significant series a to do certain things or how, how does it work now yeah so basically we had uh, we raised seed round like almost a year and a half ago and now like we are actively raising a next round of investment which will actually take us to next big immediate milestone of almost testing all the hardware and all right so that is going on and like uh, uh, and uh, and further that also like there will be lot of funding requirement even when we go to launch operation and all so it's a like uh, continuous process of raising money and uh, raising capital and also like testing hardware so it's a continuous process and now when we are in the phase of raising the next round of funding what do you think uh, launch vehicle given the cost advantage in india as yeah. a launch vehicle start- startup like yourself or any other launch vehicle startup yeah. how would you say is the financing requirements for anybody out there to actually go from initially on the, from the drawing table to yeah. Yeah. so that is actually one of the main advantages of for us in fact we can go to the launch at one third the cost a typical you know us or a europe startup would take that is the biggest core advantage for investors now they need to put one third the money to actually go and operate in same same markets so that's like clear cut value addition which we get where we uh, the developmental cost which is called the developmental cost that the cost which is incurred to go to the first launch is extremely low when compared to any other form player so that is a short shot like value proposition for any investor do you see any competition coming out of india itself for you or no uh yeah so there is like uh, another company agnigul also working in that similar range uh, in the similar field they are also building their own launch vehicles yeah and also like uh, might come maybe more companies may come up in the future yeah do you see any of your own isro colleagues starting their own no, companies uh, maybe unlikely in launch sector because you know it's already getting crowded so now if new companies start i don't think there's much room you know so it's like always uh, as i told like it's always the first time 15 players who can make it to orbit and uh, the the late they are now i think in 2019 if you start a launch company it's really not the good time to start but still like there are like other uh, different very exciting space ventures which we could uh, Go into and also like we also looking to diversify into, which could be a focal point. But launch per se is like uh, we ourselves feel a little bit uh, behind uh, the line when it comes to international uh, starting. Because many people, many companies have started and done reasonable progress internationally. So again in India, again coming starting now is a little bit much going backwards. So I, I say especially when it comes to launch sector. But there is like ample opportunity in uh, space as as a whole. No, so I look forward to see like really good people, maybe even from so starting good companies out there in space in future. Let us actually compare a little bit of uh, technologies in within the land landscape of launch vehicles mm-hmm. internationally. Yeah, there are. From my understanding, I am not a launch vehicle expert, but from my understanding of all the launch vehicle startups, there are broadly three four different themes maybe. Yeah. 
one is uh, somebody like an isro sslv which is straight off just off the shelf legacy technology scaling down a pslv and trying to build a, a launch vehicle yeah. uh, for mass production without actually developing anything new yeah. in terms of technology yeah. there's another group of people let's say like an electron yeah. who's experimented with some uh, you know 3d printed whatever engines or yeah. uh, liquid fueling of rockets uh, you know completely so that uh, they can have more safer operations on a launch pad or so on yeah. and then there is now the more flashy new generation kind of launch vehicle startups like relativity space yeah. who are talking about you know 3d printing an entire rocket i don't know if that is even really possible at all yeah. in that sense yeah. um, so you know how do you see uh, does this really impact the price at the end yeah because ultimately the the customer doesn't care what technology you use yeah he just needs to get to Correct. orbit safe yes yes so uh, when it comes to technology per se and rockets everything is a legacy technology you know so there is absolutely nothing totally new which anybody is doing but when it comes to manufacturing there is like uh, relativity space is uh, bonding to 3d print the entire rocket is like little bit uh, very very interesting so i also look forward to see them very successful and that is one i would say one good leap uh and it comes to building uh, smaller rockets i would say but other than that like uh, when it comes to propulsion tech is all li- both liquid cryo or solid is all legacy tech right it's all there from i don't know how many years last few decades it's uh, just about engineering them in the right way and uh, so that is one thing and uh, eventually when it comes to the customer it's only about like at what cost it you are actually launching and at what reliability it's all launching it's always like with all any of these kind of uh, propulsion tech or different kind of manufacturing techniques uh, you can actually achieve the same amount of reliability and cost and all like if you actually target uh, the engineering in the right way that is one thing and when it comes to like uh, 3d printing of engines is like it's been like quite for quite some time you know it's not such a really new thing uh, and but when it comes to the 3d printing the entire rocket is little bit uh, little bit interesting uh, when it comes to it and in fact we are also doing a lot of 3d printing ourselves because it has like natural advantage uh, when it comes to conventional manufacturing in some specific things in rocketry which we are very clear on and also like even if isro is also slowly slowly getting into it so th- that way like 3d printing has become like part and parcel of rocket industry right now but 3d printing the tanks like what uh, relativity space is doing is little bit uh, very interesting to see how it goes and look forward to see how they do it and uh, i'll be happy if you know they'll be succeeding and uh, that way it's they're building actually a scalable 3d printing technology by themselves which is very very interesting spending a lot of time on actually building the tech for the 3d printing is very very interesting and uh, once they do it i think it can cut the cost to a good amount of extent for them because you know uh, but still like i have my own doubts on some aspects of it but we'll, uh, look forward to see how it how things go with relativity but what about the the prices do they substantially make a difference yeah, depending yeah. on the yeah so prices actually there are two major aspects of uh, prices differentiation one thing is the ecosystem in which the rocket is built like right? ecosystem in sense like for example the country in which the rocket is built has a very good uh, direct proportionality with cost number one and when it comes to technology also like the propulsion technology use also impacts the cost so these two reasons mainly impact the cost and if you see when it comes to propulsion technology it might be you know maybe 
plus or minus 30% would be the cost range and also like uh, when it comes to uh, ecosystem on which the rocket is built like the country you are building it and the uh, you know the materials you are using it it is also like plus or minus 20-30% uh, would add to it overall so not much so finally at the customer point of view they would be maybe looking at 30-40% maximum difference in pricing. ISRO of course also came out with its own uh, proposal for a small satellite launch vehicle maybe yeah. a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. and they are already claiming that uh, they will do a first launch uh, at the end of this year or maybe beginning of next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how do you see that uh, evolving given that you are also in a very similar business now? Yeah, so that will be, as you, may, you asked before, like who would be the major competitor? For us, like we feel that SSL would be a good amount of major competition for us. And uh, that too, because like already most of the development is going on and uh, they might launch next year. Uh, and also like uh, their pricing also would be really good is what I suppose because being a much bigger rocket. Uh, so for example, their rocket size is like maybe like more than four times of what we are building. Naturally, the cost per kg will be less. And also like uh, they'll have because there is no extra policy red, red tape associated with that time. So they can smoothly get into operations fast. And also they have like good amount of uh, customers through Anthrix also previously come into picture. So SSLV I think will do a good job initially for the first few years. Uh, but depending on how the international competition turns out in the next few years, the dynamics will be different. But SLV I think would right now would do a good job in the next few years. So let's assume the worst case scenario actually that let's say you know you have the technology ready because that is under your control and you have some investors who are also backing you because they believe in your vision and so on. Yeah. Uh, and let's say the whole system in India, the bureaucracy is actually not ready for somebody like you to actually you know test and you know fly your first rocket. Yeah. What is the contingency plans you have? See, I strongly am very positive that uh, it's going to. We want to actually do it from India and also like uh, uh, get it, start launching from India and open up the sector in India. Help at least open up the sector in India, which I am very positive it will happen. And uh, of, of course, there is a contingency plans also. Uh, and also like it's more more of a long term vision for Skyroot. It's not like uh, not like next two three years is not what we are looking at. We are looking at next 10, 20 years. So always a long term view which have one big major stepping stone now is get to launch and that to launch from India. So that is what we are looking at and of course we will have a contingency plan because like we need to actually test a lot of stuff ourselves and uh, that we will see as time goes we will see how it uh, rolls out but I am very positive that things will open up very positively in the next few years. Well what is your view of uh, reusability and um, you know is reusability only making sense for uh, bigger class of launch yeah. vehicles like SpaceX yeah. or do they actually also make sense for smaller vehicles? Yeah. So like uh, my, my belief is like at least uh, from my understanding of rocket because I myself have personally looked deeper into this problem from long time uh, even during my time at ISRO. Uh, so uh, my conclusion is that like when it comes to like bigger rockets is definitely reusability is the future. There's no doubt about it. When it comes to smaller rockets whether it is reusability is worth the time, worth the effort, worth the developmental cost, you know worth the trials, worth the going because it's definitely going to uh, increase the time to launch time to get into the market. Uh, so is it worth? But I feel it's not uh, worth getting into reusability for smaller rockets. And uh, it's better for smaller rockets better be like uh, mass manufacturable very fast using the right technology and go to market as soon as possible are the main factors which come into picture. And I feel reusability is in fact uh, it's tougher for smaller vehicles than a longer, larger vehicles. Now, even if you want to achieve reusability for smaller vehicles 
it's extraordinarily tough when compared to achieving reusable in bigger vehicles because like if you see all the reusable technologies for example landing of rockets very difficult to land a small booster when compared to landing a big booster because of the inertia differences you know so that way uh, reusability per se i would i feel like for smaller always uh, you know expendable then is one shot rockets are the best so they'll be slightly costlier but still they are the best and uh, when it comes to bigger rockets the reusability is undoubtedly the future one of the key questions in the whole private sector launch vehicle scene around the world is actually state support to private sector if you look at uh, many of the geographies including us or even europe you have uh, you know nasa or any other us government agencies or even in the european case you have uh, the european space agency or you know the european commission funding a lot of uh, research in uh, many of the private companies there yeah and they have this significant uh, benefit of operating in that uh, geography yeah um, you know what is i know that this ecosystem does not exist in india at this point of time yes how affected are you by this uh, you know does this uh, really is is it a real challenge that you face yeah so in fact uh, when it comes to indian companies biggest challenge we face is the funding you know no doubt what form it is whether it is like institutional investments or whether it is through grants you know so good thing is that europe institution uh, more than institutional investments the grant uh, policies are really good and that's the advantage in fact more, many of the good uh, developing companies there in, in our sector they have they had a good amount of uh, funding coming from the government so that helps initially uh, for them it's it's good but when it comes to india like that is very very nascent and in fact like when we also pitch to the people in the government about a fund it's like uh, totally even uh, they are also very new to it very nascent to this idea so uh, hopefully it will come up but uh, Uh, it's not too late for launch sector to come up you know much later down the line so it's now we are in anyway the office so we have to for indian companies we mostly need to have uh, institutional investors uh, support or like another different kind of investment support when it comes to grants in india is like we are very well uh, behind and also the thought process not started in the uh, government sector is what uh, my understanding is with uh, you know my interactions with them you know so but whether it will come in the future It's good. Like we have to try to always convince and create a fund of funds for space. Like uh, you know, countries uh, like Europe is having, you know, China is having, and Japan is having. You know, U.S. institutional investors are like also like very passionate with space. So that investment culture in India, whether it's through grants and both institutions, is right now is a little bit nascent. And let's see how it will turn out. And uh, but uh, like you said, in Europe, uh, that is really really good. The grant culture for uh, Uh, startups for space is really really good and uh, but thing is that there also i feel there is a lack of institutional investor support and compared to what is in the us so that way in india all type of investment sources are slightly less and also like red tape is also more at this point of time and uh, so we are actually operating in a very very uh, challenging and uh, risky environment but uh, still that is where like uh, still india has really good advantages so there's basically uh, good value add which indian companies can bring to the global space communities what we feel so we should keep uh, looking for great opportunities coming up both from government side or from the institutional investor side from india and look forward to see how things happen down the line yeah what is uh, the roadmap for uh, skyroot to uh, you know test uh, your first rocket as well as uh, what is the kind of volume that you are uh, expecting how many rockets do you expect to fly yeah so first major milestone would be actually flying making it to orbit 
you know so making it to orbit is the toughest and the, one of the most difficult things in space industry you know if you see like recently one of the interviews of elon musk also like he was saying that reaching orbit is extremely extremely difficult uh, because like he spacex itself has missed the first three uh, you know uh, attempts to reach the orbit so our uh, on these nodes first big milestone for us to reach orbit then uh, when it comes to like uh, mass producing and increasing the launch end is easier problem to handle down the line because like that is addressed from the design and engineering part of actually building the architecture of the rocket itself so we are like designing it to be mass producible in very large amount of times doing as many launches as possible but uh, reaching the orbit seeing that everything perfectly works until the payload is put into orbit is the toughest challenge which we have to address in the next few years in the design quality philosophy which we follow that uh, we are very very cautious on that thing and that is a major challenge and we will see how it goes and also like first launch uh, definitely a lot of government support is required you know absolutely it's very difficult for uh, a private uh, industry to independently without the government support to actually do so we look forward to have good support from uh, the launch range point of view and also like uh, range safety point of view from these government agencies you have a deadline in mind as to when yeah, you so we are want to launch in 2021 third or fourth quarter or maybe early in 2016 actually interestingly i had an opportunity to go to spacex uh, they had invited me for some meetings there and i actually had a almost an entire day uh, at their facilities also looking at uh, their uh, production facilities as yeah. well as the entire tour of their uh, the whole process starting of components and then engines and uh, and then actually integrating the whole rocket on one single floor yeah. i don't think there is any other company or any other institution in the world that is actually producing rockets on a single floor through in just you yeah. know one facility yes um and one of the challenges actually they mentioned to me interestingly was uh, supply chain itself yes. because uh, essentially the supply chain that they were working with at that point of time yeah. was of course the one from nasa yeah. and uh, nasa doesn't build so many rockets or yeah. uh, uh, so the vendors were actually not geared up yeah. to producing that uh, or scaling up volume to that level yes. as they needed yeah. and so they were actually looking at forced to actually in many cases uh, you know in house to in house produce those components and actually move away from working with those vendors to actually taking that uh, back into their own uh, shop floor and producing everything there yes what do you think uh, you know this this yeah. will this repeat in your case or yeah so yeah so it's a very interesting question and also like uh, this practice by spacex is called vertical integration where like uh, they build everything in house and uh, i feel there is no other way to actually cut costs for a us company that is the only way you know because like the contracting dealing with the vendors their costs is only going to build a billion dollar rocket you know you can never build a rocket with a nasa ecosystem nasa contractor ecosystem there out of it uh, us that's what like openly told by spacex also and like they have done a really really great job in bringing the cost downs main reason is because of vert- vertical integration they build manufacture test everything on their own that's the ideal way of bringing the cutting down the cost but uh, however like uh, this would increase the infrastructure cost to a lot you know so if you have really the money to actually build the infrastructure 
better only do vertical integration because that affects the cost a lot you know so but when it comes to us in skyroot you know so our philosophy has been totally opposite to it you know so we don't go for vertical integration we outsource everything you know so that model is only feasible in india i would say you know it's uh, because of the really great ecosystem which happens all, all the vendors build by so etc and if you actually build all the infrastructure to build a rocket it is going to cost a bomb you know so it's it's not worth the effort and money to actually uh, build infrastructure uh, for actually building a rockets for us the best way is to actually use the infrastructure available because it's overall even if you use it the costs are low that's the advantage uh, here and but when it comes to us company they actually have to struggle a lot to create the infrastructure that is another advantage which an indian company would have like skyroot which which we are actually very happy about uh, is that like we can actually go quickly to the market using the infrastructure rightly available already in the country and we are also designing to their sizing you know that is one advantage so that we need not create you know building infrastructure just takes a lot of time and money and effort you know all that effort we are putting in designing the rocket and getting things done at the right time right so but when it comes to like bigger rockets i feel like in india also the best approach would be vertical integration you know where like uh, you cannot give the tank to one person you know the engine to one person you know the components to one person you know the pump to some other person you know, it's very very gets very very difficult and cost prohibitive when you go to uh, bigger rockets in this competitive landscape in the world so eventually like as we go bigger down the line so we plan to have a vertical integration kind of a setup for building larger rockets down the line uh, and uh, upfront as i would say like vertical integration is the best for procedure for building rockets to cut the cost but uh, only if you have deep pockets to actually find get the infrastructure done and in us there is no other choice you know so in india you have a choice you have to choose the right different size of the launch vehicle depending on what you are doing etc etc but as i told we chose the thing which is opposite which works for us best when um, sslv is co- going to be launched and uh, assuming you know its cross record it is successful yeah uh, there may be a plan to actually transition the sslv to the private industry yeah do you foresee a lot of challenges for the isro vendors to take up uh, that level of activity uh, because you know they have never been involved in uh, in that level of activity ever before yeah so uh, i would say if they are actually outsourcing sslv the ideal way to do is, is to independently launch you know full from you know producing to launching to uh, uh, you know managing mission if it's totally outsourced then like uh, currently i don't think anybody is capable except companies like as like skyroot which were actually building the capabilities but uh, i'm pretty sure that is not going to be the way in which they're going to outsource so it will be something similar to uh, uh, psl what they have done so what will have a, what will happen is that uh, the entire supply chain will be handled by the private sector similar to what uh, psl has been rolled out recently with that uh, ui uh, i would uh, foresee it to be in that way rather than entirely being rolled out so when it comes to handling that definitely the same ui people like who uh, for handling the pslv would be able to do it because sslv is much you can say like much smaller version of the pslv so they can easily handle that but i'm i'm to at least my understanding of isro and like sslv they definitely not going to outsource the entire uh, sslv to private sector uh, even if they do i don't think like um, only uh, skyroot and you know companies like us only would be able to handle the entire mission aspects of it you know launching launch operations etc etc but i feel they will not be outsourcing that those portions of that will be kept to isro or maybe antics or nsil 
and uh, the supply chain definitely my will be outsourced to private industry and that can be easily handled by the same supply chain which produces the psl for uh, there any aspects of uh, technology or uh, services also let's say machine control software or any other services yeah. uh, aspects of it that uh, you foresee licensing from isro yeah definitely in fact uh, so we would like to given a chance we would like to utilize as many facilities isro is having to provide to us and the, i i believe they should you know so i personally feel that when there is an infrastructure in the government and there is excess capacity it should be given to the private sector to be utilized and there is a market out there to be captured it's after all it's forex for india right that, that is one thing so i foresee that like if they all the launch licensing and everything is done we hope to utilize their mission facilities also and the trade facilities also it's all depends on how things roll out down the line how the mindsets of the people change how the policy turns out so that all is going to be a good amount of drama is going to happen in the next two years to see how you know how the private companies are going to come up and how the mindset of uh, the government agencies and the policy makers are going to change in the next two years especially on the launch industry is going to shape up is uh, to be seen now it's not uh, fully clear as of now but given a chance we would want to have utilize as many facilities as possible and keep our infrastructure to as low as possible apart from the launch vehicle scene how do you see the other new space players in india how, yeah. and how, how what is your you know vision for them or how yeah. how do you see the ecosystem maturing yeah. in india so one really good interesting thing which i found is uh, satellite constellation uh, startups you know the people building constellation of satellites going to be like you know when it comes to rukawa space and you know pixel coming and on the lines very interesting to see what they are doing and uh, this is the mall success and uh, i hope to see like more companies like that building the local infrastructure for uh, building satellites and also like i wish the government also like Uh, recognizes it and also like uh, uh, utilizes their capabilities or also like help them expand we give their resources multiple things down the line uh, so that way like it's very exciting what is happening last two years in satellite the new companies coming up really good and hope to see like much more many more companies like that coming up and and also do very very interesting things much more interesting things than what is happening right now Let's talk about the the future scenario of uh, how the launch vehicle industry is going to pan out globally a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we talked actually about the current operational landscape with Electron and few other rocket companies uh, being mature or coming into the fold. Yeah. Uh, let's say ten years down the line. Yeah. What do you see as a scenario, including you, you know, being in that scenario? Yeah. Uh, the landscape would be. yeah so 10 years down the line is very difficult to predict especially when it comes to small size space industry and launch industry uh, but uh, i would say in the next 5 years uh, as i mentioned before also like i think like there will be like uh, 10 players will be uh, doing their services and uh, the market per se at that point of time i cannot comment on it could be really much greener than what we expect or it could be a little bit more dull than what we expect and we could uh, see sometimes we could also see the ride share services eating onto the market of uh, small launchers also down the line so that is very difficult to comment but i see that uh, but one difficult aspect is actually ramping up the launches for any company even if 10 people come into operation all together may not be launching so so much even after 5 years right that is the that is the reality whatever you say you know even if the company says i'll be launching one per week you know, it's very very difficult to go to that uh, level of next uh, mass production that level of launch frequencies will be difficult and the earlier the company goes the much bigger chance it goes to and uh, hopefully we see as many small launches were coming up uh, 
I think there is good space to coexist for them. And 10 years down the line, what would happen? I feel that a successful small satellite, small launcher would not remain with small launchers. They would definitely upgrade to big launchers and down the line because uh, that is the immediate good next step to go ahead and also like diversify to other uh, fields in upcoming fields in space also uh, that way. So I feel like uh, small satellite launch per se after 10 years when it comes to launch vehicles very difficult to predict but uh, but there will be some good players I would say who would be diversifying to other fields. There are a number of uh, new interesting players within the small satellite market especially in terms of uh, putting the payloads to their intended orbits from a bigger launch vehicle. So there is this company uh, in the US called Momentus, yeah. uh, for example, right? So they have recently, uh, you know, worked with a number of companies, a uh, number of launch vehicles as well, yeah. that they have then partnered saying that they will uh, essentially have uh, their payload interface with a rocket, which then will host a number of satellites, yeah. which can then be put into orbit by them. Uh, so it is almost as if they're offering uh, what I call as a orbit as a service Correct. model. Yes, yes. Um, and so essentially, I think now they have uh, a few launch vehicles that they are interfacing with. Yes. Uh, so do you see a threat from this kind of community? Yeah. So thing is that uh, always ride share market would be there and would keep on evolving. So what you were saying is that in a little bit uh, next level of evolvement of a ride share business, that will definitely be there and that is definitely even more uh, cost effective and no doubt, no doubt about it. And the only thing is that, that uh, down the line it can actually eat away some market of uh, specifically small satellite launch vehicle. But still like uh, when the market is big enough, right, different players choose depending on uh, some for some players cost is not an issue. For some players actually reaching the right orbit in the right time is an issue. For many people in the rocket industry, availability is the issue, right? So, uh, depending on the customers uh, per se at that point of time, when the large la market is big enough, always there will be efforts to actually reduce the cost. And one way of reducing the cost is what like what Momentus is doing, the extra service where different satellites can go to different orbits, different altitudes from the same mission, using ride sharing on a bigger rocket which is cheaper, right? So, very interesting uh, ideas will come up down the line and also, uh, but I think it should evolve. Um, for the, finally, it's the customer point of view who should win. Right, so uh, ride sharing and bigger rockets, and also like, uh, uh, and also like extra in orbit servicing uh, applications. Also, with the turn off, will keep on growing down the line. And also, like the small satellite launchers also should evolve. They also will, as I tell, the cost will even come down. Their services, new services will increase. You know, they may provide a little bit more amount of services. Like the upper stage could be like a satellite. You know, there will be other other uh, both everything. All industries will evolve. And also, like market also keeps expanding with time, so we have to keep evolving with time and also. But as you, say, but your for your question, whether it will be a threat, I don't think it will be a major threat. It will only be like an uh, one more additional uh, option available to the customer to choose from, depending on his constraints. You know, for him, we may not uh, some customers may not choose that, but many customers may choose it, depending on it. But uh, as I told, they will also keep evolving, and the small launch industry also keeps evolving with their own new applications, uh, getting new different types of customers. This also rideshare market also will get its own customers it also keeps evolving so i don't see it as a major threat per se yeah 
for a company like yours uh, when do you start with business development because yeah. technology development is itself uh, such a long step yeah yeah so it's a parallel process uh, and uh, also like uh, right now our focus is less on business development more on technology development and uh, so once we get things further you know down the line we want to increase good amount of focus into business development where like we actually talk to good amount of potential customers and see their uh, problems and also like uh, modify our uh, slide designs also based on their requirements that all will come down the line parallelly so but right now our focus mainly is less on business development more on technology development but as we go further in the next 6 months to 1 and a half years 2 years we will shift the focus to good amount of uh, business development down the line leaving a government sector job yeah is actually extremely difficult for anybody who comes from you know traditional indian background family yeah. yes how supportive uh, your and bharat's uh, your co-founder bharat's uh, families yeah. uh, your spouses and your family yeah. and how difficult was it for you for you know making this leap yeah so first thing is like what you said is absolutely right you know it's very difficult for indian parents to actually absorb and absorb such a thing uh, but uh, naturally same thing we faced also so but uh, thing is the decision is finally ours so we i took the call that i'm going to quit and start the company but my parents were not so supportive initially of course because uh, you know isro is a very prestigious job and you know doing well there and also continuing there there was really good option for them to and also they don't want their child to stress so much they think entrepreneurship is so much of stress and also like it's like coming to back to zero and working so hard again when you actually work through college and got a nice job and just settle right so it was very difficult for our parents to absorb definitely and i know this you know and in the initial phase itself i know this and it's basically finally a call from our side that we are ready to take this uh, challenge and also like for me it's like more adventurous to be a space startup i feel i personally feel it will uh, as an individual i can give more to the space industry than being part of this so being there for 40 years i just uh, and also coming out and being there for 40 years there's a significant difference no doubt about it especially when the space sector is evolving and uh, because i'm very very sure that uh, public private partnership is the future of uh, space industry government space industry in india I'm very 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 clear on it and also like someone should start some brave attempt should be there for the industries to uh, go on and the same thing even with bharat also like their family also was a little bit skeptical on this but still like uh, now they are a little bit more got used to it and also like a little bit more supportive uh, right now but initially it's a tough call for them but for us it was like a little bit more uh, more of an easier call because like we understand the opportunities and also like uh, and also like being a space enthusiast myself like so i am very very clear that my contributions would be easier outside and much more uh, wider outside than within a government agency uh, for so where where one part of a big game you know that when everything is fixed you know next five years what to, what to be done is already very clearly outlined out that's not uh, something which uh, someone who is very uh, ambitious or someone who is very very interested in actually evolving the space sector would want to have but still it has its own benefits and etc uh, etc et so it's a finally a call it's a very tough call i would say but uh, it's a happy now as of as of now we're very happy to actually start this and moving ahead and uh, let's see how it turns out yeah So I wish uh, everyone at Skyroot, uh, you and your colleagues, uh, you know, very good luck with uh, all that you are building. I think you are doing a fascinating job uh, of not just trying to, you know, take this leap of faith and also, but also inspiring hundreds and thousands of other uh, young people in India to take up sp- space entrepreneurship. 
so i consider you guys really like as the role models leading the pack among all of them i wish everyone uh, the best of luck and uh, yeah hopefully we will do follow up episode as we move along yeah yeah thanks a lot thanks a lot and also like uh, good to see this initiative you know just uh, to expand like more people uh, more people in space industry also should uh, come and share their views uh, so hopefully like we'll talk again once as we go further thank you thank you for staying until the end if you have any comments or suggestions please write to curator@newspaceindia.com please consider sharing this episode with any friends or family who may be interested in learning about india's space activities if you would like to stay in touch with the new space india community please use the link in the description to join the new space india telegram group feel free to also suggest guests for any future episodes a new episode of the new space india podcast is released every other friday Do subscribe to the podcast using Apple, Google or any other podcasting platforms you may use. Thank you.